every everybody this morning. Fellowship that happens every. I'm gonna let Bill tell you about it because sometimes I maybe feel like I don't 
tell all the good details. So Bill and Patsy run the Joy Fellowship. They do a great job, right? So I'm gonna let Bill kind of give the 411 about what's happening today. So go ahead, Bill. Joy Fellowship. And I'm sure all of you have heard about Joy Fellowship, and we are uh, a wonderful, blessed group of folks. And the resume was set up and designed for 55 and older, primarily because sometimes the older folks kind of get left out. And so that was our original intention, so that we did get left out. And it has been an absolutely wonderful time of sharing and sharing God's Word. And everybody always certainly most welcome there. In the last several months we finished talking about where we find Jesus in every book in the Bible. And to the folks who join fellowship, you bless Pastor and I more than anything with your, your time and your patience and also all the, the, the thoughts and, and ideas you have about just how wonderful Christ is in every book of the Bible. Amen. And so we're going to continue to move on and just know that it's, it's open to everybody. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a special time of fellowship with the Lord. We keep Him at the center of that. And that's what it's all about. So everybody is certainly welcome to be there anytime. We're glad to have you. And I guarantee you, without a shadow of doubt, there is no better dessert at Schumer's Bakery than we have here. That's five o'clock today, right? Five o'clock today, and whatever Tom Burkle and Pat bring tastes wonderful. All right. Benny, come here. I've got to tell them about your day coming up real quick. So come on down. Um, this is November the 13th at. It's fine to have you do it. So tell them what you got going on. Okay, November the 13th. Today. Yes. At uh, 10 o'clock is when we're having Ladies' Day, and we're doing cards for the nursing home. So I need a sign-up today. Today's the last day, so that I can have a count to know how much has to be cut out. But these are the, the little handmade cards that I have made in the past. Very simple. We'll just be assembling them. So um, if you have an interest in that, um, then sign up. And one more announcement, and you get your Bibles out while I'm doing this. Next Sunday is our next One Big Family Sunday. So our kids will be with us for the entire service next week, and that's a good time. So uh, be sure your kids are with us for that. But having said that, get your Bibles out, the book of John, chapter number 10. And uh, we are uh, kind of finishing up today talking about the church. We've been on this for three weeks, and, and I know over a little over a year ago, we spent a month talking about church and what the church means, what the church is, uh, what the church does. And I kind of wanted to revisit it a little bit over the last couple of weeks. So we'll finish that today, um, and then uh, one big family Sunday, we'll have something different next week. But the church, so John chapter 10, and uh, we're, we're picking up uh, some things that Jesus said in verse number 28. And, and this is the, one of the great 
uh, chapter with the I am statements of Jesus. He says, I am the good shepherd, and he rolls in this, this uh, discourse on the fact that he and the Father are one. So John chapter 10, verse number 28, it says this, I give them eternal life. So how many of y'all have been saved? Let me see. You have eternal life. Amen. You believe? Amen. Yes. God loves you. Can I just say that? Yes. And there is no heart or person too far gone from the love and the saving power of Jesus. Amen. You know that. Amen. Do you believe that? And in that, he gives you eternal life. And that, that's wonderful. The eternal life that Jesus gives us. And it says, and they will never perish. Now watch what he says here. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of his Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The church is composed of the people who are saved who believe in Jesus and are doing what they can do with the help of the Holy Spirit to follow Him. And in that, there is nothing outside of you, nothing, no one that can snatch you out of His hand. You know that? Amen. And you should feel confidence about that. There is no person, no one, no circumstance, no trial that can forcibly take you from the Father's hand, cannot take you from Jesus. You are in him, and he is in you. He has given you eternal life. And, and then with that, we've been saying this, that as we saw in Matthew 16, 18, uh, that Jesus uh, asked him, who do you say that I am? And Peter comes with the great state revelation you received from the Spirit. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus goes on to say, and this is how my church is going to be built on you. On the revelation and the people who receive that revelation on you, my church is going to be built, and the gates of hell and the gates of Hades will not prevail against, in other words, death will not prevail against the life-giving power that is found in those who believe. Yeah. Nothing can snatch you out of his hand. You believe that? And then there is nothing this world can throw at you. There's nothing that, that the enemy can throw at you. There's no circumstance that can come up in your life. That you just stay after him. The assurance of who you are in him. Yes, yes. That can take that from you. Now, I don't know about you, but I find confidence in that. Is that right? Yes. So, so whatever you come up against, whatever you see happening, whatever's going on in our world, nothing can forcibly take you from the Father. That's the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church in which Jesus the head is building. Amen. 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 And we believe. And we stand in that. So we've been talking about this. We've been talking about um, uh, the practices of what happened uh, to those who believed and started to follow. And they started to meet together, uh, uh, devoted to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread together. Not only the communion of fellowship, but the actual communion of the uh, bread and blood representing Jesus. Amen. We talked about characteristics of how we need to be together. Things we grow into so we can be a body together that lives together, function together in long-term discipleship. Amen. Amen. But I want to talk today about something because it is a message that immediately began 
from, from the earliest people that followed Jesus, and it continues today. So I want to pick up on this. So John, Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 11, Sermon on the Mount. I want you to go there. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 11. It says, blessed are you. Now, how many of y'all want to be blessed? Oh, come on now. Who wants to be blessed? Anybody want to be blessed? Now, here's what I know. We think about blessing in a certain way. We think about blessing often as something being added to me that brings some sort of an abundance. Right? And what is the very first way we often think about being blessed? Money. Money. So we often talk about giving. Give and it will be given unto you, Right? And we like to talk about that. That's true. That's in the Bible. We believe that. But if you start in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 1, it's called the Beatitudes. Sermon on the Mount, right? And Jesus starts giving these, blessed are you. Blessed are those who want more. Oh my, wait a minute. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? And so forth. And we get to verse number 11. And he goes on with this thing about being blessed. And he says, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven, for they also persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now wait a second. I want to be blessed, right? Yes. And Jesus tells you, on account of him, now think about that. On account of who? Jesus. On account of his name. On account of believing in him. On account of following him. Blessed are you by following him and believing in him if you are persecuted. Reviled. And they say <coughs> evil things about you. As a matter of fact, rejoice and be glad in that. Whoa. Because great is your reward in what has become in heaven. Amen. For they even did the same thing to the prophets who came before you that Proclaim the kingdom of God. Blessed are you. Since the beginning of the church, and, and you'll find this not only the things that Jesus said later, uh, uh, John chapter 15, I believe, or somewhere in there, he said, No one's greater than the master, right? If they hate me, they're going to hate you too, right? Since the beginnings of the church, you see this through the book of Acts. You see it in the writings of the epistles of Paul and Peter and John and in the things that they're addressing in the local church setting. We find that the church and the people who believe and follow Jesus faced opposition. They faced persecution. Um, even in the, in the early church, even through today, there's always this creeping in of false teaching into the church. That the church is always guarding against. The church faced um, people that come in and, and try to bring division in the body in the church, trying to divide and take out. The church certainly has faced since the beginning and belief in Him. The fact that we are pleased to Him. Amen. And overcome the works of the enemy. And as the spirit of the Antichrist is active in the world even today, that we're aware of discerning in that and living in a way that glorifies God. And simply just the fact that we're a bunch of imperfect people meeting together and the things that happen because of that. So the church has always been facing things. From the very beginning, 
Even through today, the church faces opposition and persecution and is warring against false teaching. All these different things that have been happening since the beginning, Jesus warned of it. He said, blessed are you if you're persecuted on account of my name. This is the state of a church in a fallen world. And it will not change until he comes again. Amen. So since the beginning, there has been a theme and a message all through that we find in the scriptures. It's a theme of overcoming, enduring, remaining faithful, persevering, standing firm. The Bible is consistently encouraging you. Amen. Why? Why, why is scripture encouraging you? Because you will face opposition. Why are you encouraged to stand firm? Because you'll be persecuted. Amen. Why does it encourage you to, to persevere? Because things happen in the world while we're waiting for it to occur. That is one of the main messages of the church. You can talk about a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, one of the main messages the church has given in Scripture is stand firm, endure, persevere, be faithful. That's the call of the church. Amen. Amen. And that's what we're doing today. It, you can jump in a time machine. When you quit, I wonder. Maybe not. Jump in a time machine. That'd be bad news, wouldn't it? We had one of those. You'd get yourself in all the trouble. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, you jump back 500 years. The message of the church is endure. Stay faithful. Be encouraged. Persevere. You jump in time machine and jump forward 500 years, we're still around. You know what the message of the church is going to be? Endure. Stay faithful. Stand firm. Amen. <laughs> that is the enduring message of the church. From the very moment Jesus said, Blessed are you when you're persecuted on the account of my name. Those who believe in Jesus, though we are in the world where we're praying, Kingdom come, will be done. Amen. At the same time, we're aliens and strangers in a strange land. Therefore, we must endure. Now, one thing about it is the fact that um, we got to start with this idea of understanding another big picture theme in Scripture, and that is the faithfulness of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 1. The faithfulness of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 1. Paul, it says, and Paul wrote this. Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. <coughs> and our brother Thosthenes. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saved together with all those in every place who call in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you, because the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, since you are not lacking any gift, as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, in other words, is coming again. Now watch this. 
who will sustain you to the end. Did you believe that, by the way? Yes. 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 Amen. That those who are in him, he will sustain you until when? The end. end. Who then? Either yours or him coming back. One or two. Yep. There's an end that he's going to sustain you till. That is why we read in John there that nothing, no circumstance, no personal trial can snatch you out of his hand. No outside force body because he sustains you. You are in him, he is in you, and if you do what you need to do, he's going to sustain you. Amen. Let's get back to this. Guiltless in the name, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, when he comes again. Now watch this, verse 9. God is what? What is God? He's faithful. God is faithful. By whom you were called in the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So we serve a God who is in characteristic and nature 100% through and through. God is faithful. Now I don't know about you, but I am thankful beyond the ability to, to express it. The faithfulness of God. Because God is faithful even when I am not. <coughs> Isn't it true? How many were thankful for his patience? Oh my goodness. And and in fact that every morning, every morning his mercies are all brand new. Amen. And you call on the name of the Lord, and he's always attentive to your cry. Amen. And his presence and the spirit is always with you. He doesn't leave you, he doesn't forsake you. God is faithful. Great theme through Scripture. As a matter of fact, one of the great statements of God we find in Exodus chapter 34. You don't need to go there. Let me read it. And as he proclaims to Moses, the Lord passed by Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord of God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and what? Faithfulness. Keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Amen. That what we have, because we believe, is available, but also lived in, because God does not change. And one of the, one of the great mind-blowing questions that I had is, I'm, I'm guessing, young grade school. I went to my mom and said, okay, they talked about this in Sunday school class. And they talked about the fact that God is eternal. And it said that he always had been, never created, always will be. How is that possible? It's one of the mind-blowing things, you know. It is the eternal state, past, present, and future, always being. He's the same. He doesn't change. He doesn't morph and, and be, be a different way. Today he's one way, and depending on whether or not he has coffee tomorrow morning, he's another way. You know? He's always the same. Never changing. He is a faithful God. Amen. Amen. And his faithfulness in, in, in creation and in what he does with his creation and his response to creation because of sin. All the things he does, he does because of who he is, and he does not change. He is faithful. And I live in that faithfulness, in my imperfections, in times I'm not faithful. I live in the fact that every day he's the same, and I grab hold of it. That God is faithful. 
So what does that have to do with what, what I'm talking about? A faithful God is building a faithful church. That we reflect his faithfulness in how we live. That in everyday life, God is the same. That we are being built into a church that everyday life we are learning how to be the same as followers of him. And no matter what is happening in the world around us, no matter what is going on, that we want endure. That we persevere. Amen. That we what? Stand firm. We learn how to be faithful. Now, God doesn't change based on the circumstances of my life. I just learned how to discover him in different ways in the circumstances of my life. See? God doesn't change according to what's happening to me, but what I do is I grab hold of him because he doesn't change in the midst of what's happening to me. And if a Lord is building his church that the gates of hell will not prevail against, it happens because of a faithful response to his faithfulness. See that? Yeah. That I'm learning what it means to be faithful. I'm learning how to endure. I'm learning because he's the one who sustained me, as we just read. He's going to sustain me to the end, that I can overcome. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. This is what he's calling the church to. An enduring message to the church. Now, now, if we know, go to Luke chapter number 18. Gospel of Luke. Here's a parable that some of you are probably familiar with. It's a parable of the persistent widow. And I'll tell you, let's just, let's just read this. I really want to get to verse number 8, but obviously the context takes us to verse 8. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. He said, he told them a parable to the effect that they always should pray and not lose heart. And he said, Jesus said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, for a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. So she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And she must have been after him, right? right? And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. And will God not give justice to his elect who cry out day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, when Jesus returns, will he find faith where? On earth. So the parable of not giving up, being persistent, staying after it, what praying. But Jesus takes them to a place and said, now, by the way, when I come back, will I find what on this earth? Will I find people still in active belief and trust no matter what is going on in the midst of them constantly bringing prayers to me and seeking my response to that? Will I find them in faith? In other words, when I return, why I find people enduring, standing firm, persevering, still believing, and not giving up. This is a message to church that endures. 
Jesus is looking for a people who stay in faith. Now, now watch this. Jesus didn't say, and when I return, will I find everybody successful and perfect and, and, and overcoming everything? Amen. No? Amen. He said, will I find them in what? Faith. See, in the church, listen, in the church it's important. The key word of the church is not success, but faithfulness. The key word of the church is not success, but staying faithful. And you've got to keep those thoughts separate. You can't, you can't let the, the world's idea of success seep into how we think we should be. Faithfulness to him, and he is building us. He's taking us somewhere. Amen. And in the midst of a world that is messed up and all the things that are happening, part of being faithful is simply learning to stand firm. I must endure. I must persevere. I must not give up. No matter what's happening around us. Even if that Jesus said, blessed are you if you're very specifically persecuted on account of my name. Now, if you follow Jesus and you believe in Jesus, there is an opposition to you simply because of that. Blessed are you. As a matter of fact, rejoice and be glad. It, sometimes the scripture puts things on rejoicing that we wouldn't normally rejoice about. James chapter 1, right? It says, count it all joy when you face trials of many kind of testing of your faith. Hallelujah. Well, who in the world would consider joyful when your faith is being tested? I don't know, but that's what we're called to do in Scripture. Now, right. response to a world that brings opposition and persecution, our response to the, the work of the enemy trying to, to infiltrate back into our life and take back to sin and these kind of things, our response to it is to say, I will endure, I will stand firm, I will persecute, and in that there is a blessing from God there. That God meets us where we're at in those moments. Amen? Let's go to uh, let's see, 2 Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy 2. And we'll go with verse number, let's see, go to verse number one. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1. Let's kind of read down to where we want to get to at verse number 11 and 12. It says, You then, my child, and obviously Paul writing to Timothy, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of, of many witnesses and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering. Watch this. Share in suffering. Share in suffering. Say it again. Share in suffering. As what? As a soldier. A good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldiers get entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. In other words, you can get caught up in so much stuff out there because there's so much stuff to get caught up in. But a soldier understands purpose. But even understanding purpose and following that, there are times that you must suffer. In other words, persecution and opposition. 
Verse 5, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. In other words, there is a way to live out of and follow Jesus. Verse 6, there's a hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of his crops. In other words, there is reward to those who endure. Think over what I, what I say, for the Lord will give you an understanding of everything. But remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. For which I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal. Now wait a second. Was Paul doing the will of God and what he was doing? But yet, he found himself in opposition and persecution to the point that he bound with chains for doing the will of God. Blessed be you. Blessed be you when you're persecuted on account of his name. Being in the will of God does not mean everything honky-dory, perfect, and a life full of roses. It's not scriptural to say that. Even in the midst of the will of God, you may find yourself in persecution because of his name. Amen. Let's keep reading. <clears throat> but notice, and he says at the end of verse 9, but the word of God is not bound. They can bind you, but the word of God goes forth. Amen. Now watch verse 10. Therefore, I will endure everything for the sake of the elect that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So his purpose to share the gospel. He will endure anything for that. Verse 11. The saying is trustworthy for it. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. Verse 12. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Amen. Amen. If we endure, if we persevere, if we stand firm, we will reign with him. Amen. Do you believe that? Yes. yes. Do you believe in a life to come? Yes. Endure. You know, um, the book of Revelation, I, I think sometime next year we'll jump into that on Wednesdays. But the book of Revelation is written to seven churches. And uh, you, you think about the book of Revelation, maybe you think about all this apocalyptic literature, you know, all the <laughs> symbolism and things that are happening there. But it was addressed to seven churches. So the message that went after the address to seven churches also was written to the seven churches, which there was a very purpose audience in a very time manner worthy of understanding what was written in the rest of the book. Future, yes, but in time application also, okay? But it's interesting because in addressing all the seven churches, he deals with them and, and the, the vision from John to them, every church has this written to it, to him who overcomes. Now, what else is said to the seven churches? Each church is addressed to him who overcomes. And there's something connected to that. To him who overcomes, and then there's some things that, that are sort of blessed and connected to overcoming. Ultimately, pointing to Revelation chapter 21 and 22. Okay? All things being made. To him who overcomes. Again, there is the lasting message to the church. To him who overcomes. 
Even if, you know, you think about this, even if symbolically or whatever's going on in the rest of the book of Revelation, even when these things happen to him who overcomes, there is the ultimate reward of Revelation 21 and 22, all things new and not then being a part of the second death, eternal separation from God. To him who overcomes, this is our message. Jesus said, blessed you the persecuted. The vision of John that we find put at the end of our Bibles to the churches, to him, where you may, you may find yourself in persecution, opposition, standing against false doctrines, standing against people who bring division in the church, standing against sin, war against the plans of the enemy. Keep doing so because to him who overcomes all things will be made new and we will reign with him for eternity. Amen. That's the message. So look, I don't know what's going on with you. As a matter of fact, you know, as a pastor, often people come and, and just want prayer and, and just talk about things, whatever. There's one thing I always say no matter what. Each situation is nuanced to some different things, but there's always one message that goes with it. I always say, keep going. Amen. Don't give up. Stay faithful. Don't give in. Stand firm. Keep after it. Because if you do, he will help you. He will enable you. He will assist you. He will carry you along because we're headed for a reward, an eternal reward with him. The sin that you're tempted with, it is a temporary satisfaction that can wreck a reward. Stand firm. Please stand. Right? When persecution happens outside and, and people are getting after you because of what you believe, it's okay. Stand firm. Blessed are you, actually, if it happens. Stand firm. Endure. Persevere. Don't give up. This is what the church does. You are the church, we're the church of the worldwide body of church. We are called as individuals and a group that meets together to stand firm. Yes. Stay faithful to what you believe. We believe in Jesus. He was crucified. He rose from the dead. He is sitting in turn and right here, Father, ready to return at some moment to judge the living and the dead. We believe. We hold to the essential doctrines of our belief. Amen. Amen. We hold to the teaching of the apostles. Amen. And, and you know what? As a church, if we're by you, we hold to each other. Because we need to learn how to be encouraged by the Spirit. But we also must be people who encourage one another. If you're not in this alone. Amen. I'm thankful for that. We're not doing this alone. Though it seems like sometimes the flock of Jesus is small, we're still not alone. Do we encourage one another? And then you find your, your, your brother or sister in Jesus in hard time, you say, I'm going to pray for you, I can try to help you, but I do know this, stand firm. Persevere. Don't give up. Stay faithful. Because the God who is faithful will prove himself faithful if you just stay after him. Amen. Amen. 
There's nothing to take you out of his hand unless you deny him yourself. He can't take you out. Amen? So I want to encourage you. And this, this is kind of the message that I think needs to come up every now and then. I'll tell you why. Is we have a tendency to have a short-term memory. You know what I'm saying? So in other words, in, in two weeks, if I ask you what I talked about today, you'd probably go, oh, wait a minute, let me think about it. <laughs> and I think maybe, maybe I'll, I'll give, I'll be, I'll give a, an optimistic 60% remember what it is. <laughs> we got to remind ourselves, because today you're hearing this, you're saying, man, I'm in a tough time, and this is, this is speaking. But you may not be in a tough time right now. You just say, hey, everything's good. Will you remember this when you find yourself in a tough time? You know what I'm saying? We gotta bring this up. Gotta remind ourselves. We gotta remind each other. Amen. Stand something. So, being a youth pastor for a lot of years, every once in a while I bump into one of the young people from years and years ago. And now now they're they're grown and they're married a lot of times, sometimes they have babies and things going on in their life, right? And, and I always say, hey, how's it going? And we, we chit-chat. And I always say, but how are you doing right here? I always ask. Every single time. And you know what? Sometimes I already see the fidget and like, well, you know, and, 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 I, and I get the story, right? Stay for And go. If for some reason I will see you again for 20 years, I'm old and gray, probably the Super Bowl at that point, all right? If I was to ask you, in the midst of everything's going, you're like, but how's it going right here? I want to hear, you know what? We're after it, God's good. He's faithful. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. But you know what? I'm in him. And he is in me. Amen? Amen. And we are standing in Jesus Christ. Amen? Besides, someday eternal glory, I'm going to see y'all there. Amen. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to see y'all there. Whatever it's like. I don't know. Maybe we get together again like this. Who knows how it's going to be? Exactly. But I'm going to see y'all there. So in glory. And stand Persevere. Don't give up. Lean on him. He will see you through. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Help us, You're here today in your heart, your heart is mended. I encourage you to reach out to Jesus because he can do it. Maybe you've never asked for the forgiveness of your sins. Because we are all lost in need of a Savior. I would encourage you to reach out to him and ask for your sins to be forgiven. You're sitting here today and, and your heart's been, been, been hurt and 
ripped up a little bit and maybe felt like I could take him out of the chest and stomped on, you know. Got some hurts and some pain. And I encourage you to give it to him. Let him be the great physician of your soul. To lead you to bring pastors and quiet waters and restore, restore the inner being that you have. If you're in the midst of a tough time and you're, you're struggling, it's been hard. Grab hold of him. Let him sustain you. You got decisions to make and, and, and you got, got some things that you're facing you're not sure what to do. Ask for wisdom. He'll reach you, he'll guide you. He'll give you peace in your heart about the things you need to do. Just reach out to him. And let him trade the, the heavy burden of your life and trade with you and give you the yoke that is easy and the, the burden that is light. And if you're weary, come unto him, he's calling you. Lord, help us today. Strengthen us. Holy Spirit, encourage us. <clears throat> that each day that we, we pick up our cross, we deny ourselves and we follow you. Every day we do so, we learn how to be faithful. Lord, when temptation arises, I pray the conviction of the Spirit is so sharp with this, Lord, that we know it's time to flee and not engage with it. Help us, Lord. Lord, where we are weak, we pray that you make us strong. We be sufficient as we know you are. Be sufficient. Help us today. I pray each and every day. No matter what we're facing personally, no matter what is happening in our society, no matter what is happening in our world, that we know that nothing can snatch us out of your hand, therefore we can be firm and stay strong and persevere. Because as we endure, we're simply awaiting the great reward of the life of those who follow you. We praise you today. We worship you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we can have you today, Wednesday night. We'll be back again at 7 o'clock right here next Sunday morning. It's one big family Sunday. So, by the way, uh, we have some people that have been sick and have been out and things like this. So, kind of keep around and notice the people that are here today and maybe send a message and encouragement. Okay? Make sure we see him again next Sunday. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm blessed that you go today. If you need prayer this morning, come on down. We'd love to pray with you.